Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. One of the most important truths regarding God's way of salvation is that revealed by the Lord Jesus Christ to a religious Jewish rabbi who had come to him alone in the night to talk to him about the things of God. Christ immediately engaged him in a conversation about the necessity for him to experience the new birth in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus was the religious leader's name and he had three main questions for Christ to answer. The first was presented as a statement, for which Nicodemus was really looking for a response of approval from Christ, and it went something like this. We know that you're come from God, and we've reached the right conclusion, haven't we? Well, the second question that truly puzzled Nicodemus was this. How can a man be born again when he is old? But the third, the third was the most important question of all. How can all of this happen? The Lord Jesus Christ answers each of these questions, and in doing so, he provides us with the vital answers that all of us need. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. John Grant first reads from John chapter 3, where this story is found. And we trust that you will listen carefully to our message today, for what could be more important than hearing what Christ himself had to say about the new birth and receiving eternal life. The Gospel by John, please, and reading in chapter number 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Further down, please, at verse number 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Verse number 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When you turn your attention to the third chapter of the Gospel by John, there is the record there of that nocturnal interview, that interview that took place in the evening between this man named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and the Lord Jesus. I want you to notice one or two general things about this chapter before we look at the great news that came to the ears of Nicodemus that night, well nigh 2,000 years ago. And I want to tell you that the transaction that took place that night and the change that was wrought in this man Nicodemus is something that he rejoices in even today, as surely now he has gone to glory. I want you to notice, first of all, 
that this man Nicodemus says to the Lord Jesus, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Now do you notice that when he says that, he speaks in the plural. He says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. The Lord Jesus had obviously been the object of discussion, that there had been considerable interest in the teaching that was his, that those who worked with Nicodemus and companied with him had sat down with him and discussed the claims that this man was making and the work that this man was doing. But do you notice this, that if there were a few who sat down to consider the terms of the message of the Lord Jesus, it is not worthy that it was only one of them who came to see Christ. He came alone. Others had discussed him, but this man Nicodemus was prepared to come and to seek the truth from him. I want to tell you tonight, there are many folks who are prepared to discuss the gospel. Many people who are prepared to just talk about it. But having said that, oftentimes those many disappear and individuals only it is who come to find the Savior. He wanted to find out what was absolutely true about it. What he had heard, what others had spoken of, he had heard all that, but he wanted to get to the very bottom of the message of the gospel and to find out exactly what the truth was. Friends, tonight I hope you're here for that reason. It is a good opportunity to come and to listen to the gospel message so that you can understand the terms of God's grand and God's glorious message of the gospel. And if you do what Nicodemus did, you will acknowledge tonight that this message is nothing less than the truth of God. So many had spoken of him, but only one came. I want you to observe that he asked the Lord Jesus three questions, three vital questions that the Lord Jesus listened to from the lips of this man called Nicodemus. Now I want you to notice that this man was, I dare say, a good living man. He was a religious man. The Word of God says that he was a ruler of the Jews. As a matter of fact, in verse 10 of our chapter, the Lord Jesus calls him the teacher of Israel. So obviously he was religious. But do you know this? His religion had not given him peace with God. There was something missing. There was something gripping his soul. There was something lacking. His religion had not satisfied the deepest, innermost longings of his soul. There was something that didn't quite come together. And thus it was when he heard of the teachings of Jesus Christ on that dark, nocturnal occasion, when others feared to come, alone he came to meet the Savior. It was a question that had to be answered. It was a decision that had to be made. It was an issue that had to be settled. Friends, tonight I trust you're here, if you don't know the Savior, that you're here to get an answer, to have an issue settled, and to make a decision that will change your destiny for eternity. That is the purpose, or was the purpose, of the visit of Nicodemus to the Lord Jesus. Now let's ask that first question. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Do you know what I'm going to tell you? He came expecting to be patted on the back. He came expecting that he would receive a compliment. We know, we've worked this out. We've come to this conclusion that thou art a teacher come from God. For he looked at the miracles that came from the hands of Christ 
And he said, this man is different. This man is a teacher come from God. And he expected to be patted on the shoulder. And he expected to be told that he was a great thinker. And he expected to be told that he was right with God. I want to tell you tonight, working at being religious never saved a single soul. I want to tell you tonight that this man came with a need as desperate as any other man. And he came to the Savior, telling the Savior what he knew. And I want you to see and understand that the Savior spoke, ignoring the question, the statement of Nicodemus. And listen to what the Lord Jesus said. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. I want you to notice that on the three occasions Nicodemus asked a question, the Lord Jesus responded with the same words. In that good 17th century language that we have here, these words, verily, verily, I dare say you don't use them often in daily speech, but you know what they mean is quite simple. They simply mean truly, truly. I want to tell you tonight that when you come to Christ, you get the truth about yourself, the truth about eternity, the truth about sin, the truth about heaven, the truth about salvation. He only speaks the truth. And therefore he says, Truly, truly, I say unto thee. What you're here tonight is not the teachings just of somebody standing here. What you will hear tonight is a message that comes from the lips of Christ. And here he is, and he opens up with this great and tremendous statement. If you are seeking eternal life, if you are seeking to have the matter put right with God, if you are seeking to start on the road to heaven, says the Lord Jesus, you must be born again. That would go just like a shaft down into the heart of Nicodemus. Do you know why? Because at the time of year this was, the Jewish nation at Passover time was celebrating the birth of the nation. They were celebrating that event a long time before when they had been delivered out of Egypt. They were celebrating the fact that they were Jews and that they were of the nation of Israel. I want to tell you, the Savior strikes right at the heart of that. He says, Nicodemus, no one is born naturally. At the moment of birth into this world, no one is born possessing eternal life. You cannot say you've got it because you're born into a certain nation. You cannot say you've got it because you're born into a certain family. You cannot say you've got it because you're born with certain abilities. You cannot say you got it because you're born into a religious situation. No Nicodemus. And this would go right to the heart of Nicodemus's life. The Lord Jesus says, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's not possible even to see it or understand. Are you expecting to arrive on the shores of heaven one day because of your birth, because of your good life, because of the fact you came from a religious family? Are you expecting that? Have you been born into it? I tell you tonight, born naturally is not born with eternal life. And the Lord Jesus is emphasizing this fact when he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The response of Nicodemus is one that we can, of course, envisage. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? How is it possible for a man to be born 
when he's old. Now, I don't know how old Nicodemus was. He certainly wouldn't be a young man. But what the man was asking was this, really. Listen, I was born. I was given the name Nicodemus. I was born into a family. I grew up. I'm a teacher of Israel. I'm a religious man. What do you mean to say I've got to be born again? I've got to tell you tonight. We preach a gospel that puts being born again at the very crux of the gospel message. At the very center of it. And we will see tonight, it is not mystical. It is not shrouded in myth. It is absolutely clear and plain from Scripture what it means to be born again. Now, if you're saying to me tonight, I don't know anything about this, but do you know, preacher, I've been very religious. I've tried to live a good life. I've tried to do the best that I can. I've tried to be an honest citizen. I've tried to be kind to my neighbors. I've tried to be a good employee. Surely that's enough for me. I've got to tell you tonight, all of these things you can gain. But I tell you this, nothing that you make yourself will give you God's salvation. That is one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus speaks about being born again. Because just as the first birth you had was a result of the work of God, so being born again is also a work of God in your soul. And Nicodemus asks the question, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? I've got to tell you tonight that he missed that very point. And I must ask you, what does it mean to be born again? What is the scripture speaking about? Well, listen, when you were born the first time, you were given natural life. That's what you enjoy now. But when you're born again, you're given eternal life. That's the big change. I wonder tonight if you have eternal life. At the moment you were born all these years ago, on that day that is on your birth certificate, you got natural life. Ah, but if you're born again, it is at that moment you're given eternal life. And that's why the Lord Jesus speaks about being born again. Just as on your birth certificate there is a day when you were born, there is certainly a moment in your life when, if you trust the Lord Jesus, you are born again. That is the grand and the glorious message of the gospel. And I want this evening just to see from John chapter 3 how such a thing was possible. How can these things be? Do you notice this man Nicodemus came to the Lord Jesus and his opening words were, we know. And now he says, I don't know anything. How can these things be? How is it possible? So we've established that point. That is what it means to be born again. Just as natural life came when you were born, Eternal life is given yours as the gift of God, and that's the moment of being born again. Natural life was God's gift. Eternal life is God's gift. And if you don't have it, you'll never cross the glory gates into heaven. And so we've come to a meeting like this. We are not here because we've got nothing better to do. We are not here so that you can salve your conscience a little bit and go out that door after the meeting and say, well, there, I've done a little bit. God will chalk that up to the credit of my account. We are here tonight to tell you about a momentous decision you have to make in this place tonight. And that momentous decision will affect your destiny in eternity. If you make the right decision, you will be born again. If you make the wrong decision, you'll miss it. And the dreadful possibility is that you will pass through life without eternal life. 
but you will pass through life to eternal judgment if you never possess eternal life. Nicodemus asks a question, then he asks a second question, and again the reply of the Lord Jesus is, Verily, verily I say unto thee, and then he asks a third question, How can these things be? And again the reply, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. I want to tell you tonight, What you have to do to possess eternal life? And for that reason, I take you down to the grand and the glorious verse that so often is repeated and known, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want for a few moments to preach on that well-known verse. I want to ask the question, why does God offer you the gift of eternal life? The answer is given clearly in John chapter 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world. I tell you, the God of the Bible is a loving God. The God of the Bible is a God who knows all about you and a God who loves you. The God of the Bible is not indifferent to your need. He is not uninterested in your need. He is not disinterested in your need. The God of the Bible has moved to meet the need of your soul. And he loves you. And he loves the sinner. And he loves this world full of sinners. I tell you, it's easy to love when love is reciprocated. It's more difficult to love when it's met by hatred. And yet in this world that is little time for Christ, and in this world that is intent in its own ways, the fact of the matter is, John chapter 3 verse 16 says, that God so loved the world. I want to tell you tonight, it was a love so deep, so affectionate, that it is greater than any love ever shown by anyone at any time in any circumstances. Have you got that? The love of God deeper, higher, broader than any human love. And God so loved the world. Friends, tonight, if you're in this place and you're not saved, if you don't know Christ as Savior, I want to tell you, God loves you and desires to save your precious soul. And the very moment salvation comes, you're born again. What a fitting figure. Born for natural life. Born again and given eternal life. I want you to notice what else John 3.16 says. That that love was in the Godhead a costly love. It costs. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Friends, tonight, here was love that was not behind in giving. Love gives. Love ever gives. Forgives, outlives, and ever stands with open hands. And while it lives, it gives. For this is love's prerogative, to give and give and give. And in John chapter 3, verse 60, I learned this, that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave of his very best. It was not a tinsel substitute for love. It was love that gave its very best. He gave his only begotten Son. He sent him from heaven to live on earth, to die on the cross of Calvary, to be buried, to rise again from the dead, and to ascend to glory, praise God. I am preaching tonight the Christ who was crucified, the Christ who died for sinners, the Christ who gave himself for the sins of others. I am telling you that the love of God was giving sacrificial love, 
Greater love hath no man than this, said the Lord Jesus. Than that a man lay down his life for his friends, I want to tell you, the Lord Jesus laid down his life for sinners, enemies. And here we have it in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, and that includes you, that he gave his only begotten Son. And if you want to be born again, if you want eternal life, because that's what salvation is. It's not spending your life working to cleanse yourself from your sin. And what does John 3.16 say? That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him. I tell you what an invitation. It's an invitation that goes to every soul in this place tonight. It's an invitation that is worldwide in its embrace. Whosoever believeth in him without limitation. And if you want to be born again, you pay no money for it. You don't come to Christ saying, I'm a worthy specimen. You don't come saying, I've got so much to give. I have so many attributes that are good. I have so many abilities that I can give. No, you come tonight to Christ. And we will learn from John chapter 3, verse 16, that you come as a guilty sinner deserving judgment. And you come to the Savior. And you believe in him. What does that mean? You put your trust in him. You accept his word as true. You lean your eternal destiny on him. And you say, I am but a guilty sinner. But the Lord Jesus died for me. You see, if you do not have eternal life, one day you will perish. That does not mean a cessation, an end of existence. The Bible tells us quite clearly that there is no annihilation after death. Existence continues. Perishing speaks of all loss of well-being, loss of joy, and ultimately enduring the judgment of God. But friends, tonight that can be avoided. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, that's the crux, that's the center, that is the one necessary thing to which you must take heed. Christians possess eternal life. They haven't bought it. They haven't worked for it. They haven't striven for it. They have simply come as sinners to Christ. And believing that he died on the cross for them, he gives the gift of eternal life. It is the gift of God, says the Bible. It is the gift of God. It's a very sad verse. John 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Condemned already. So I either have eternal life, or I'm condemned already. If you put your trust in Jesus, the Lord Jesus, that condemnation is lifted from your shoulders. And the Bible says there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. The condemnation is lifted away. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, how about it? Are you born again? And if so, when did it happen? Can you look back to a time when you trusted Christ as your Savior? Or sadly, are you still under the condemnation of God because of your sins? Yes, 
Nicodemus had a hard pill to swallow that day when he realized that his religious endeavors did not suit him for heaven. He needed the new birth. And so do we, every one of us. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.